FAMU Live, new time, 12 p.m. each and every Thursday on the Walls Talk Network. Join me, that boy Fred. G Sports in the building. Coach Hurricane Hit. Yeah, I'm woke. Elevate. Ball game. Yeah, they. Yeah, they. My name is Jaquan Jackson, two-lane receiver. Make sure y'all tune in to the FanView Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Fan View Podcast. G Sports, we're on episode seven, baby. Going into the new year with a bang. With a bang. Got my dog, Jaquan Jackson, back in the building. Two-lane receiver. Uh, champion, man. I'm talking, I'm sitting on the side of a champion right now. Yeah. American Conference champion, man. 11-2 uh, this year. Jaquan, man, talk about this, this, this past season, man. Y'all surprised me. I ain't going to lie to you, man. Going into this year. <laughs> I thought Willie Fritz was on a hot seat. I thought that he probably was going to get his walking people after this season. Especially after last year going 2-10. The, <laughs> the last year. <laughs> what was the difference this year, man, in, in his team? You know, Michael Pratt, at quarterback, looking like he could he one of the best uh, one of the best quarterbacks in that conference. Um, Tajay Spears looking like not only one of the best running backs in this conference, but one of the best running backs in the country. Yeah. I'm sure he's going to declare for the draft sooner than later. <laughs> I ain't trying to, you know, uh, put put no news out there. It ain't nothing I heard. That's just what I'm, my gut telling me. But <laughs> let's talk about this past season, man, and how magical it was. Man, first off, I want to say thank you for having me on the show, man. Uh, but going back to to January when we first had the offseason, started the offseason, we, we got our strength coach, Coach Hester, man. We had a, a players-led meeting, and uh, the captains, uh, Nick, Dorian, Sincere, and Pratt took up ownership of having a players-led meeting, and we talked about how the main thing was championship. You know, and, um, and when we were sitting in the meeting, everybody gave their opinion. What should we do better? How should we do it and everything? And so from that day on, we just stuck to the uh, standard, just wanting to know right. each week and just do the simple things and everything. And just what I said, Coach Hester, man, he, he came in and brought that brotherhood closer and everything because a lot of workouts we did, we had to rely on our brothers to get through the workouts. And that was the biggest thing that right. we all liked it and everything to rely on somebody because when it comes to the game time, you had to rely on a guy next to you to make the play so we could have a great play, uh, special team play, kickoff, whatever it is. But that was the main thing. And just with the championship game, man, it's, it, it, it's, it's amazing, man. When we found out... Um, Especially after we, they smashed y'all the first time. Yeah. <laughs> When we found out we was hosting it back home, man, we so we were so excited, man. We just that's all we right. talked about. Cause really, Nick talked about in the locker room that last Nick. home game we had with well, Nick? Nick Anderson, okay. um, the linebacker, linebacker. talked about it in the locker room that this the last home game probably was our last home game. But after we went up to Cincinnati and won and, and beat them, we knew we was gonna host the uh, championship yeah. at home, and it's and everybody was excited, you know. But um, I, I can't thank nobody but the Lord above for giving us the. Um, um, ability to uh, bounce back off a two and ten season, right? Sure. You don't a, see that. You don't see that. Too Eleven much. and two and counting. Talk about me. Talk about this upcoming Cotton Bowl matchup, man. How excited are y'all about <sighs> facing USC? Potentially facing Caleb Williams, but the potential Heisman Trophy winner. How excited are y'all about that? This upcoming matchup between Tulane and USC. 
very excited. The whole team, coach staff, everybody around New Orleans, you know, like the, yeah. the fan base and um Y'all causing traffic down there, man. <laughs> with no traffic down there in New Orleans, man, trying to get the two lane game. Now, now y'all got nothing but traffic, yes. bro. <laughs> and, uh, in the school, you know, um, but um I would say USC a big team, you know, and everybody know that they they the big dogs and everything, but we don't let that phase us. The only thing we go in just the same model we ain't want to know each week, you know, and right. uh, we don't let that phase us. So we just keep working every day and just doing what we can do to have a great a great game on January second in uh in Dallas. In Jerry World. Jerry World. You gonna be on that stage? Yes, big stage. Yeah. Mm, number four. Not my first <laughs> time, man. Hopefully, hopefully they ain't they won't be your last time playing on, on a big stage like that. Uh, nah, nah. Ain't gonna be my last time. Just gotta make sure the main thing is just going out there and win the game, you know. Right, right. Quiet. Uh, you know, a lot of these schools, their their season has ended. Uh, you know, some some schools didn't wasn't able to make it to a bowl game, and I think they said it's like over seven hundred kids in the transfer portal right now. Close to a thousand. Close, well, it's close to a thousand now. But close the first day, right. you know, once uh. Bowl week ended. I'm not the championship team week ended. Everybody was getting the transfer portal, but more are getting in, in, in the transfer portal now. And uh, it seemed like this has been a recurring thing. Is is it's been a a hotbed since the transfer portal has been um, approved by the NCAA. Call it what it is. Call it free agency. Yeah, it's free agency. <laughs> at, the end of the, at the end of the day, uh, you know, I remember talking to you your freshman year at Tulane, even on last year at Tulane, and you had some frustrations on, you know, some things that was going on with you and your career, which that's normal for an athlete. But you decided to stay put at Tulane, and even with the 2-10 season, knowing that, you know, you felt like you could have probably been in a better situation, but you decided to give it another shot and not get in the transfer portal like a lot of these kids, and it's worked out for you. Talk about the decision to stay at Tulane, man, and and what went into that decision to, to stay put. I said, Coach Fritz, no. Coming out of high school, he believed in me and uh, gave me the opportunity to play the sport that I love, you know, and just the culture that he had, he was starting to build from when he first got there to when I got there to I, I, I just seen it, you know, from having Dunnell Mooney and the other guys that's in the, that, that's in the NFL yeah. right now, and they, they just always – Preach to the uh, freshmen and the young guys to um, just keep working, and it's not all about it's not all about you. It's a team thing to get where you want to go, you know. And just the two and ten season, we couldn't ain't nothing we could do about the season. We got pushed back. We had Ida hit and everything. We had to yep. go to Alabama, and yep. then that that kind of really made us come together because we was in the hotel for three months and That's we ain't had nothing it. else to do, and we just was spending time with each other every day and then we was out of our comfort zone and everything but you know as of right now a lot of people are in the transfer portal and for for their own reason and everything but for any any anybody out there I would tell them man no matter what you're going through man just look look at look at yourself in the mirror man that's the first thing and then then sway your options you know but coach Fritz is a great coach and I believe in him he believe in me and I respect him. Where you where do you get that that kind of knowledge from because you talk to a lot of kids that play college sports and they don't talk the way you're talking right now. You know, Agreed. just like you just said, Agreed. a lot of kids not looking in the mirror and say, "What could I have done to to, to make my situation better?" Or holding myself accountable. Like, where where you get that knowledge from, man? Just talk about that. Looking up to the older guys, really. Uh, 
I, I, my freshman year at Tulane, I, I got there and Donnell Mooney took me under my wing and just showed me it, it's a business, you know. It's not no friendly here and there with everybody and everything. It's straight business. It, it's going to be your brothers for life, and that's the main thing. Just the guy that you're playing with, is, it's not just about right now and on the field and everything. It's about the 40 years down the line, who who you going to hang right. out with and the, the friends, who going to be your best man in your wedding and all of that, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Right. I'm going to take you back. I can recall maybe three years back, you come in here. <laughs> you come in studio. And you come out of high school, out of Hornville, and you commit to SMU. What are you going to sign to, man, or what are you committing to to spend your next three to four years? The next three to four years, I'll be taking my time to. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. SMU University. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> On the show. Yep. Was it Sonny Dykes? That's the head coach at TCU. Wasn't the head coach at SMU? At I think it's gonna yeah. at the time. Yeah, you Dykes. commit to SMU and you had the internet buzzing. But eventually, obviously, you decommitted and you end up going to Tulane. What went into that decision? Mm-hmm. Well, you come, you come here, you come on fan, you live, and you commit to SMU. But you end up getting to Tulane. What was that experience like for you? Uh, come out of Homeville, obviously, you know, Homeville had a lot of spotlight on y'all at that time. You know, Puka Williams had just, you know, left and went to Kansas. Yep. Obviously, you had a big thing going on your senior year with you and Andrew Roberson and that mm-hmm. whole shit thing going on. Mm-hmm. Remember, like it's yesterday. But talk about, you know, you know, as a high school athlete, having to make that kind of decision. What was that like for you? It was a hard decision. You know, the, the the recruiting process is is hard. You know, you really try to make sure you, you make the right decision for you and your family. And there's a lot of pressure. There's right. A lot, a, lot, a lot of schools want you and everything. And you some, sometimes you don't get the chance to go to every school, you know, and just mm-hmm. it's the, right. the school that um, show you the most love. And, yeah, I committed to um, – at the time I committed to SMU. But at the go back and, and look at it like – all my family will be able to make every game. They had to rent cars, hotels, and all that. Like Correct. money coming out of their pocket, and they, I would rather have my whole family and the, and the guys around the world. I mean, the guys around the city mm-hmm. come and see me play at home in front of forty thousand fans at Tulane Yama Stadium. Right. You know, and rather driving six hours right. uh, here and there, and Correct. they just come. 30 minutes, 30 minutes, 20 minutes, 10 minutes in New Orleans. Got people living in New Orleans just drive or ride a bike to come see me play. And right. I agree with that, man. Quan, you, uh, what I've been, what I've been always impressed with you is your development every year. Your 19th grade year at Hornville, you didn't really play a whole lot. Um, And then going into that junior year, I remember we had, like a, a workout in home and I remember you came and and I remember watching you in drills uh, your raw running the way you was catching the ball I was like man this, this this kid could play he got some good traits about himself right you know that's when we were trying to start the 7 on 7 back then and uh, that junior year they put you at quarterback yep and you took that and ran with it even though we knew you really was a receiver but you took that quarterback position and you perfected it as best as you could. And, I mean, you had a magical junior year. Led your team to a state championship. I know you got hurt. 
in that final game. I think if you don't get hurt, that game might go differently against Zachary. Yeah. Uh, but then the senior, you got to actually play receiver. And your development just kept getting better and better. I remember us going to some camps. And you used to put on a show with your raw running. Just how you catch the ball away from your body. Just a smaller, intricate part of being a receiver. Uh, where did that drive come from? And, and to get better every year and to, and to prove people that you are deserving of, of the 30-plus offer that you had and that you could play at a level like Tulane and be an all-conference player like you've been. To be honest, you say a ninth grade, a 10th grade year. I didn't. I was just playing ball just to play ball. And when after I had a couple of snaps, we went to um, the playoffs. I think we played Everett at home in my, my ninth grade year. Then the 10th grade year, um, I learned more. From uh, Nate Singleton, uh, mm-hmm. wide receiver coach, and everything. Former then, NFL player for the Forty Nineers. Yep. Yes, sir. And um, just going to my junior year, I really it finally hit me that I knew I can play at the next level. So I took it more serious and everything. And that's what, what was the turning point that made you feel that way? Then something happened. That junior year was lit, bro. <laughs> was it a workout? Was it a you know, was it somebody that inspired you? What is something that clicked that said, man, I could be that. I could be just as good as some of these kids that's getting offers. To be honest, I ain't even going to lie to you. G, you. <laughs> you brought me to the two, my first two-lane camp, man. The two-lane camp, you brought me to my first two-lane camp. And all that, we had started the tour and everything. And when I first got my um, offer from Jackson, Jackson State, you yep. know, and um, it was just. Then Toledo was the next one, huh? Toledo. You know, then yeah. it was just like, man, I can, I can keep doing this and everything. So we went on the camp circuit and everything. And after I started to rack up the offers, I just took it more serious on working out offseason more and everything. And then I just started learning more about the game. Right. You think you think that had you not been playing quarterback and you was in like say if you would have had Andrew Robeson, your junior yeah, and your senior, yeah. right? Cause you didn't get to put the numbers up at receiver that, that I know you could have put up. Had you had somebody right. a real quarterback like Andrew Robeson, your junior senior, do you think y'all have two state titles and do you think you probably end up being a five star? Um, I thought about it, but um, can't just live in the world. Just what if, what if that? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And uh, what what we had with, I was happy that what we had with, and you know, like just playing quarterback and everything, it would made me see the field better and learn the coverages and how the quarterback see things That's a good to point, help right? me at the right. level that I'm, I'm at now. If my quarterback Michael Pat right now tell me I want you to sit in this hole versus zone. I know that already because I played quarterback. Right. Well, I probably told my receiver in high school that if he played his coverage, a uh, slant route versus cover flow, I wanted flat instead of running into the the, the backer right there. That's right. my drop. So it made me understand how to see the more, game, how to see the game how faster the game. and quicker. And that's crazy. You yeah, know, I'd, I, have been, I'd have been rejected. Forget you, bro. Throw the ball. <laughs> <laughs> but it's crazy, right? Because I remember you was like drove about playing quarterback. You know what I'm saying? And I know you you was gonna do whatever was best for the team, but. It's funny how God put you in certain situations. Yeah. And we don't see it at the time. Like, why I got to play quarterback? Why I can't just be a receiver? Why we can't have a quarterback here? But he put you in that position yep. because he wanted you to understand how to how to read defenses better, how to look at the game from a quarterback situation, right? Mm-hmm. And now that you're being at Tulane where Michael Pratt is telling you how to sit in a hole in certain zones or how to uh, – change a router when he running certain coverages, right. you understand it. 
So now you look back at it like, I'm glad I played quarterback now. Yes. That's crazy. That's crazy, bro. Now, now I'm actually Blessing in the skies. Yes. I'm going to ask you a question, bro. Because when you first get to college, the NIL didn't exist. Well, it did. But now it does. I want to hear from a college football player's experience how this NIL has now shaped up your college experience. Because all I can remember is when NIL didn't exist, when people were getting paid, you know, behind the scenes, and that's just keep it a thousand. You know, that's just what was going on. Right. But now y'all living in an era where NIL actually is a thing. You can get you can get endorsements. You can get paid off your name, image, and your likeness. How has that been for you? We are we sitting here right now. Wayne, you're a merchandise. You know it. <laughs> you know it. And there's oh. no penalty for that. Yeah. At one point in time, there was a there was a cause. Yeah. If you wore some kid merchandise, that you know what? You can't do that. So how is your college football? So talk about that experience of being in the NIL as a as as a, as an athlete. How is that, you know, how is that shaped up college football, you think? It shaped it shaped it up well, you know. A lot of guys who put the blood, sweat, and tears on the football field, on all the football field, man, they can get paid for what they what they put in, you know what I'm saying? Just not just playing ball and say, cause a lot of a lot of guys don't get the chance to make it to the next level, you know what I'm saying? And Correct. then the time they just in college is working hard and everything, sometimes they gotta get a job like outside of football and everything just to keep the, the rent up and everything, just to mm-hmm. keep food on the tables and everything. Mm-hmm. And then it's just great to have that night. Like, that's a great thing for them to pass around uh college college football because have a little bit helps. It, just, it helps, you know what I'm saying? It don't got to be big, you know what I'm saying? I, from my standpoint, from Tulane, man, Tulane is very well at Tulane. You know, they they take care of the guys and everything, man. It just, it, it's a blessing. And um, it's just for me, I started, I knew it was coming. I think it, it passed July 1st, and um, I had a lot of guys on, on board on my team to help me put, like, work on it before it dropped. So I knew I would be ahead of the game. So when it dropped, I had everything lined up right. and everything. So, and as of right now, it just... I like it, you know what I'm saying? Like my website, each and every day I got all the shipping out and everything. So it's a blessing that we get this opportunity to to use our uh, name, image, and likeness to, to get paid. Get paid. And I know, I know a lot of guys probably like Leonard Fournette, all them boys, they're kind of mad because they'd be worth millions oh, and billions yeah. of dollars, you know? Yeah. yeah. If you imagine, think about it. Listen, imagine if Leonard Fournette could use it. I would even say Derrick Henry. Uh, at Alabama. No disrespect to anybody, but Reggie Bush would be the highest paid NIL player. <laughs> Over Johnny Manziel? Ooh. If Johnny... Johnny football. Era, Johnny probably would have been yeah, a billionaire. You know what? Now that you bring up... I don't bro, think Tim. I, I don't bro, think Tim Tebow. Johnny, Johnny had to teach. Would have had to teach. Johnny had. Like Johnny had to. Johnny would have to trademark this. Uh, yeah, yeah. He, bro. J- Johnny, Johnny. But you know, Johnny. A lot of people don't remember this. Johnny was getting paid. For autographs, but he was doing it on a low, and they, and they, and and him in the NCAA and they finding out he had to pay some of that money back. back. Of course, I'm What I'm saying is that yeah, now that you bring up Johnny, Johnny Manziel, Reggie Bush, Cam Newton, Cam Newton that one year at Auburn. Whew, yeah, Tim yeah. Tebow too. Tebow would have Tebow would have made some money in Gainesville. I ain't gonna lie, Tebow would have made some money in Gainesville, but I don't think he would have surpassed the three guys we just. Yeah, named. Johnny Johnny would have had it had to be now Vince Young. But text still not over Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel, bro, like, my mama know who Johnny Manziel is. <laughs> like, that's how much he was on the TV. He was, like, he was going crazy with the popularity. Not saying he was the best of them, all of them. Right. Just saying for, like, the, a popular standpoint. He would have killed, he would have killed it. He would have killed it. Yeah, prime time, definitely. Uh, Speaking of prime time, prime time. Kwan, 
we, you just talked about how Jackson State was your first off. I know Dion wasn't there yet. But what's your take on uh, the HBCU route with kids, um, what Dion has done at Jackson State, right, right, in those three years, bringing that awareness and uh, kind of putting HBCUs on the map. Uh, a lot of kids are, are more aware of, you know, these black uh, prominent schools down here in the South. And uh, I think Dion leaving Jackson State wasn't a bad thing, like a lot of people ha- has been saying, you know, Agreed. since he's decided to take the job at Colorado. I think uh, his job was done at, at Jackson State. He was there three years. He did a lot. And now he's moving on. Um, and I think part of it is because he wants to get his son, Chadur, on a bigger stage. On a bigger stage. And put him in a situation where he can end up being a first or second round draft pick. But what's your take on, on, on HBCUs and kids taking that role for college and, and, and what Dion did for the HBCUs in these three years? Coming up, I never did know too much about HBCUs until really I got in college and everything. I learned about Sutherland and all that. Because, like, where I come from, we, they didn't, my, like, I wouldn't say my people didn't educate me on it. They just never really did talk about it and just get into, like, learning more about the college and everything. Right. I hear, like, my my other friends talking about, I'm going to Sutherland, I'm going to, to this school, I'm going to fam you and all that i just thought it was school but until i learned what hbc really stands for which mm-hmm. we we have a program at a uh, two lane called wave of change and um that, the director of the wave of change uh the running back of Derek sherman and we talked we really hit like so we have a meeting every night before the game and we talked about one night about HBC, hbcus and how it started and everything really to educate everybody on it and then i learned that night i learned a lot about it but it's going back to Deion Sanders. man he changed the game for the hbcus man he, he really put them on the map like right um uh, from my standpoint i say Deion is for the kids you know and um he's trying to make the hbcu better to get more nfl teams to look at the HBCU mm-hmm. and not just at the, the SEC, the AAC, the ACC, you know what I'm saying? So to give them a platform to to give them a shot and an opportunity like the other kids. And um, just like you said, he been there three years, he did his time, and, and, and he trying to do better for other schools and everything. Mm-hmm. He put Jackson State on the map and just, just from the locker rooms to the field to the uniforms and just – Right. How, how he left them, you know what I'm saying? It just it's a blessing, man. Who would have thought Deion Sanders would have took that job at right. the state right. and flipped it around? Right. right. I, I don't think many people really give credit to the body exposure recognition and mm-hmm. the impact that he had there. Um good, bad, or indifferent, they're left in a better place. They're, they're left in a better place. Not just not just Jackson State, though, but I think the entire SWAT conference. Is left in a better place. There's more exposure. There was a TV deal that was done during the era of time. They got a 10-year, 125 million dollar, you know, ESPN TV deal yeah. to advertise and promote games for yeah. HBCUs. To me, that does not happen if Dion does not go Agreed. there and create a certain culture in Jackson State and, and what have you. So I think not just Jackson State is in a better picture. I think the conference is in a better place. And whether people like how you know. He chose the Colorado. Not, I don't think there's a way that you really can do it. People call so, so-called professionally do it. Right. There's no real scripted right way. Uh, however, you can't disregard or disrespect the three seasons he was there, the amount of exposure they got, the amount of recognition he got, and how he racially uplifted the culture mm-hmm. of not just Jackson State, but the SWAT. <laughs> 
but the SWAC. Because the SWAC was not getting that level of media attention right. prior to. They had their own history. They had their own heritage and culture. But the media exposure, those last three years, that had everything to do with this, what Dion was bringing to the SWAC. And now that he's going to you know, take that and go to Kata, I'm happy for him. Obviously, you know, I, I never really envisioned him really being an assistant coach. I think that, you know, he's branding himself to be one of the things. He, he believes that he could be one of the best college football coaches there probably is. And I think that this is the next step for him in his journey on trying to prove that. Now, he got a lot of proving to Colorado, but I'm excited to see what's going on. <laughs> right. Well, Colorado bad, boy. Right. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. and, my, and my thing is, uh, he loved Jackson State better than he found it. Yes. You know what I mean? When Hands down. Before he got there, Jackson State wasn't a team that was competing for swag championships back in the day. Yeah. 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 But over the last decade, Jackson State has not been a school that you was looking at in the swag that was one of the better teams. And he did that. He brought swag. Um, he got them turf fields. He changed the locker room. He they had like nine, ten different uniform combinations. Correct. They had NFL game day. Right. In Jackson, in Jackson, Mississippi. Mississippi. Also, even helped the other colleges in this way. Yeah, so. that's what I'm saying. Like, bro, like they say over the last three years, Jackson, the the, the town of Jackson, for as like businesses, they accumulated over thirty million dollars. That's a lot. For Jackson, $30 million, bro, over the last three years. Like, That's a lot. Jackson, if, if you've ever been to Jackson, I don't know if you have, but it's, <laughs> it's not that big of a town. Ain't that big of a town. And so, what he did in those three years, man, you can't put a price on it. And it, it just, it made me very upset to see, like, how some of our own people have just ridiculed and just, you know, uh, trying to, like, slander Dion's name and say he, he's a sellout. And when you don't know the whole big picture of what happened, why he was at Jackson State, why he loved Jackson State, and what went on behind the scenes with his team. You know, a lot of people, his son would, uh, you know, his son has a media company, Deion Jr. And he posted on YouTube, I think it was like either yesterday or the day before yesterday, he, and, it, and the title says, this is the part of the team meeting no one saw. And it, it was like 15 minutes long. Man, it, it was about maybe... 10, 12 guys that just like told different stories of how Deion touched their lives and right. how he, you know, um, helped them throughout their journey since they got to Jackson State. But and people want to say that the way he left was wrong. And I ain't gonna lie, the first video I saw, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, damn, it seemed like he didn't really show no appreciation to his kids. It seemed right. like they didn't show no, they didn't show any appreciation to him, but they only showed. What they wanted you to what see. What they wanted you to see. What they wanted you to see. Because they wanted to paint this picture of Dion. But when his son put out the video the day before yesterday, you got to see how the whole team meeting went. And now I'm like, okay, that's what really happened. And it's not the picture that they tried to paint originally. You know what I mean? To me, the problem I have with people who who had something to express about it, they, they, they put themselves in a position as if he didn't love the swag. He didn't care about HBCUs. He was doing this to just plateau his whatever platform, or he's doing this to try to graduate. I'm like, Dion was already prime. He didn't. People got to stop. He was already prime way before Jackson right, State. Right. So it he didn't need Jackson State to plateau him to become what people think he needs to become. Maybe as a maybe as a head football coach at the college level. Yeah, but everybody needs to start, right? 
But people at like he did this to try to create some persona that wasn't that wasn't already existing. He was already prime. <laughs> so when people feel like he left, oh, he did a disservice to HBCs. No. He was already larger than life. Right. Dude been large, the dude been larger than life since 1989 since he got drafted, coming out there with the gold chains and, 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 and doing the interviews, getting, getting down. He's been that guy. He's been the guy. If anything, what he done for the swag and what he done for Jackson, you got be got to be more appreciative of the time. Now, what, what I would have loved to see him watch Shador and watch Travis Hunter graduate. I say, basically graduate, but get, at least go get drafted from Jackson. I'd like to see that. That's just me as a fan, though, right? I would love to see them get drafted from Jackson because I know that would have done for not just Jackson State, but for the SWAC. Watching guys of that caliber getting drafted from there. But that's what I want to see. But I'm happy for him that he got an opportunity to coach at a Power 5 school and take his next coaching, you know, journey to the next level. Hold and understand that it's a business, folks. No disrespect to the kids. No disrespect to, you know, what's going on. I mean, there's going to be, when you do something at a great, you know, at a, a very good level, people pay attention and recognize. Mm-hmm. And guess what happens? There's nothing wrong with Dion being rewarded for what he was rewarded for. Just like college kids being rewarded for NIL. Just like, hey, this ain't nothing new. They got, they've been college coaches, coaches some level. Hey, listen, man, we think we can do a great job here. We talked about Billy Napier last year, what he did at UL. With the culture up there. He gets a head coaching job at Florida, but no one wants to say nothing. But when Dion come do it for the swag. Well, I think it's because they felt like Dion lied and painted a picture like he was coming there just to uplift the swag and he was there for long term. You know, so I think that's where the, the conflict is coming in with our people. But people got to understand from what I know and from what I've, I've watched a lot of Dion interviews, I've never heard him say he was trying to be at. Jackson State, State long term. I know he did say he was coming there. Guys sent him to, to the swag and to Jackson State to uplift the swag and bring more awareness to the HBCU. I never heard him say, Man, I'm trying to be here for the long haul. I never heard him say that. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, but moving on to my to my next question to Quan. Quan, you've done a lot of things in the community with kids. I see you always going to elementary school, different middle schools, speaking and um, doing some motivational speaking type things uh, to the youth. Man, where does that come from? And and how did you even get started into wanting to do such a thing? I would say you 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 made me realize how you helped how you helped a lot of guys and just brought them around the um the world just on the campus. I mean on the camp tour and everything. And right. it just made me realize just like how you take time out your own time out just to to deal with other players or kids to help them what their parents or father or mother can't do and you just take up on your own ownership and just bring them around and show them what a real tour is like official visit unofficial and everything and right. then I really appreciate it from I really never probably told you but I probably told you I don't remember but right. I appreciate it and I know the other guys appreciate it but um, it made me realize that it, it's not all about you you know it just giving back to the community and everything you never know who looking up to you and everything and it really can touch some um some kids hearts and everything and i know i have got a lot of dms from all so all different types of social media platforms can can you come talk to this school can you come talk to this school i appreciate you for coming and everything and then i probably go to some high school game and say man i know you you jaquan jackson i'm like 
Dang, man. Right. Know me, but <laughs> right. I'm just. And you used to be that kid. Sandy. I used to be that kid just right. looking up. And like, you know, my favorite player, my favorite player was Ray Lewis and everything. And now when I finally met him one day, he was at the, um, the ARE camp and everything. And then he just t- touched my heart, man. He just then It's crazy because he tackled me. And I ain't, I wasn't expecting him to hit me that hard. I ain't thinking he's <laughs> tank. But yeah, I'm just going back on that. And that's one thing about Tulane. Tulane, they're all about just helping the community. We we go out and feed the homeless and everything. We go to different children's hospitals and everything and just try to make an impact and just show that it's not just about football and it's just not about us. And I just going back to what you said about how when we were, me and you was going to those camps and going to these different schools and stuff like that, it's just so funny how sometimes somebody could see something in you that you ain't even seeing yourself. And a lot of times we get caught up with a kid's talent, right? Man, right. He can run fast, he can jump high, he can catch a ball, this and this and that. But Quan, I think what it what, what drew me to you way back then when you was in the 10th grade was you had a good spirit, you was a good person. And I think that's what always made me want to advocate for you, always made me want to go above and beyond to, to encourage you and motivate you and, and, and try to help you as much as I can to, to reach your dreams. And you did that. And I think how you paying homage back to the younger right. generation, to the youth, man, blessings is going to come back on the back end for you, bro. And, uh, you know, that's all you want to do is, is make an impact on the younger generation because that's our, that's our future. Correct. That's our future. You know, those kids, no doubt about it. those kids that you go and talk to, if it's 35 kids in that classroom, if you could reach five out of those 30, Man, you did your job, man. You did job. You did guys, um, guys work, man. And I'm just, I'm so happy to see that how you growing as a man and elevating as a man, bro. Because, um, these kids, the times that we living in, bro. You know, a lot of these kids got bad home lives. Um, yeah. You know, single parent households, and you never know the impact that you can make on a kid just by telling them I believe in you. Um, just Look at them in their eyes and, and and giving them some advice. Show them that you care, and uh, I'm just glad that you that you got that in your soul, man. And I, that's how I know. Ever since I met you when you was in 10th grade, but that you was gonna be successful, man. So you know that's that's good to hear. That I always I wanted to know, you know, where that where that came from, and I, I had no idea. <laughs> I had no idea. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it, man. Listen, Quan, I'm about mess. That's just what I do. <laughs> I can't get it out of me. It's part of who I am, and I'm gonna go. It's going to be grave with me. We have your fellow team, not your teammate, but Tulane, Green Wave, uh, Jalen Cook, mm-hmm. on on our last episode. We was talking about some of the best receivers in the game. He thinks it's Jets. Me and I'm, G Sports. I'm curious to hear Quan's take on this. We think it's Chase. The best receiver in the game. Now, your position, huh? Give me, I want to know your top five. Who, you th- who your top five is in the game? Damn, y'all put me in the spot. Got to. Got to. <laughs> in the game. Right now. Oh. No order. You got to go okay, no order. No order. Nah, no, order. Go no order. Jets, Jamar. Stefan Diggs. Okay. Devontae Adams, my favorite. Gotcha. Got one more. I believe so. 
You got you got Diggs, you got Devontae, you got Justin Jefferson, you got Jamar Chase. Got one more. Um, I don't know. Last one. Let me see. Whew. Who y'all think? My my fit. I got that same five, but you my fit more AJ Brown from the Eagles. Yeah. Not me. What, and, and I have hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Reminds me, somebody standing sitting across from me was dragging me. Because I had A.J. Brown in my top five before the season started. Do you still have that same position, Fred? <laughs> uh, No. Um, oh, yeah. Because nah. I told you. I told you. I still don't think he's better than Cooper Cup. You crazy. You crazy. I don't think he's better you than crazy. Cooper Cup. Boy, you, can you imagine what A.J. Brown would do if he was with Sean McVay? It'd be ridiculous. I knew when he was with the Titans in a run-heavy offense with Ryan Tannehill as his quarterback. You know he's ready. I knew that. <laughs> I, I knew that if he ever got in a situation where they passed the ball a lot with a quarterback like J- and Jalen Hurts, and to Jalen Hurts' credit, he's having the MVP season. Yes, I he think is. he is actually the MVP and, of the league and, at this moment. And it's crazy when you put a receiver of that caliber. I, I've been knew AJ Brown was elite oh, since no, he, he came out of Ole Miss. I knew he could. I knew he, his first three years in Tennessee. I already knew that you could see this guy because you could look at the yards per catch. But you laugh when I say it was top five. You well, laughed because I had the guys <laughs> at the time. But I'm saying you 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 felt like it was preposterous. Name your top five. Well, my top five is obviously Devontae is going to be Stephon Diggs. I at the at the time I had Debo come into the season. Devontae who? Devontae Devontae Adams. Okay. Devontae Adams. I have Jamal Jeff. I had Jamal Chase. Uh, Justin Jefferson. Boy, I had Debo. Man, go ahead. I had Debo at that time coming into the season, but it's Stephon Diggs, and my fifth is still Cooper Cup. Sleep. Cooper Cup. Taking melatonin at night. Stop. You, you didn't lost your mind. Cooper Cup. If Cooper Cup played for the Titans, he has to make it the same place. No. You sleep, man. No. You crazy. Sean McV- I ain't gonna lie. Sean place. McVay put uh, Cooper Cup in a position to make yes. the that he made. Yes. I don't think I don't think he'd be yes. I, I wouldn't think he'd fit in uh, the Titans offense. He would now don't get me wrong. He wouldn't make those deep threats. No, no, listen. Don't get he used to make the same place. Listen to what we're saying. I'm not saying he wouldn't be a good player. But he wouldn't be the caliber player he is. He'll get the same call. Sean McVay. He just won't get the. That, that's, bro, because, no, that's because man, of the. Bro, you gotta call. really watch how Sean McVay design these plays and, and yeah. get him open. Oh, he's a monster. He's a mastermind. Yeah. Oh, he's yeah. a mastermind. Yeah. AJ Brown still went over a thousand yards. He's in a, a Titans offense. AJ Brown is a more is physical athlete than Cooper Cup. But in terms of stretching the defense, in terms of getting the rock getting to his spot, Cooper Cup is gonna get to his spot better than AJ Brown. The difference is AJ Brown is a better athlete. The, he's more bigger. He's more he's better. He's more bigger. He's, he's more better. I wouldn't he's say stronger. That. He's faster because he's he a jumps bigger higher. athlete. He jumps higher. He's, he's a bigger stronger. athlete. That don't make him better. He's better. If if I had if I had if we had a fantasy draft right now, I'm picking, you taking Cooper Cup. He's gonna get I'm more take, receptions. He's gonna get more catches. Taking AJ Brown, man, all day. I took him in my fantasy. Okay. And people who took Cooper Cup ain't ain't uh, ain't upset. I, now he's hurt, but they ain't upset. <laughs> don't misconstrue what I'm saying. I'm not trying to say that it, uh, that Cooper Cup is not a really good receiver. I'm saying, but you're he wouldn't be the same guy he is had he if he was in another type of offense. But you're contributing. AJ Brown, you can put AJ Brown with the Steelers. You can put him with the Jets. It don't matter what he's. A at, lot of AJ Brown be an, an impactful uh, elite receiver. I don't want enough from AJ Brown. But a lot of his success has a lot to do with the athlete that he is. Not the receiver that he is, 
But man, the athlete receiver, that he is. Man. Come on, man. Dude is a good receiver, man. No, no, no. We're not dude saying really not a good receiver. receiver. I'm not saying that. Top five. And he's showing it. And I told you this before the season. It's still Cooper Cup. <laughs> Moving on. Quan, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, what's next for you, man? You know, I, I know you got one more year of eligibility left. And uh, there's no doubt in my mind that you're going to play on Sundays. I know, I know you will just because of your work ethic. Uh, the type of player I know that you are. Uh, what's next for you when you're done playing football and you and you're ready to just go out to the real world? Is it entrepreneurship? Is it you know um, real estate? Is it coaching, training? What what's next for Quan once you're done playing football? I haven't thought about. it. I have a lot of things in my head. Could be coaching. Training kids. Um, I know, I know, I know, I know. My pops do concrete and and um, have a little bit of concrete uh, business work out there that that's going on right now. And um, real estate, a couple Airbnbs I have, you know. But I really don't know when that time coming. When that time comes, I, hopefully I'll be ready. I know I'll be ready, but haven't thought about it yet. I know I got another year of football and everything. And main thing is um. On the, on the bowl game, you know, then that season come next year, it start in January after the bowl game, January to January. That tell you how the season will go that 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 upcoming season. But I'm just I'm just trying to repeat, man. The Tulane, man, another right. conference championship again, man. It's gonna be hard because we put our standard all the way up here. We just gotta keep climbing, 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 climbing. Right. And I know I know you're close to graduating. Um, how many hours you got left till you till you? Till you graduate. I have three credits until I graduate, and it's big, man. It's <laughs> twenty nineteen, man. man. It's crazy. It man, went by, it, it went by fast. I was just in high school, now I'm in college and everything, and now I'm about to graduate in May. And um, what a Tulane degree. It's Tulane. A, it's a blessing, man. I learned so much from Tulane and the professors over there, man. It, one thing, great thing about about Tulane, man. A lot of people don't know, man. It's a lot of resources, man. Just being in New Orleans, from no matter what you need, they. There's a lot of resources in different departments and everything. And that's one thing that's special about Tulane. If you need help, just like if you want to do an internship, just like that, you can go on LinkedIn and everything. They can hit you up quick. You know what I'm saying? Tulane hold that weight like that weight, man. It's crazy. Yeah, it's just, crazy. No matter where you go, what school you go to, Tulane. Oh yeah, you gonna you got you gonna get a good degree. You know what I'm saying? You are gonna get a good job off the strengths of Tulane name and everything. And just just hearing that it just make you make you excited and everything, knowing that you're doing something like. Like big, big, yeah. But it's funny how you mentioned this because most kids, when you come out of high school, right, you're being recruited, right. It's not emphasized enough about. I know we had um Robbie Green on here, mm-hmm. and he emphasized what the school can do for you, um, in terms of you know how they're gonna promote you, how they're gonna expose you, how you, and you're bringing up some of these things of you know the resources about Tulane. You know, you hear more kids go to a school because of the head coach or how the school is doing at this current moment of time, but you don't really hear so much about the school itself that has nothing to do with football. <laughs> that has nothing to do with football. See, my understanding when I was a kid, you know, that when you get recruited, you know, you go to a school, but at the same time, you're trying to figure out what that school could do for you when it's all said and done. You know, and you're expressing some of the things that about the resources of Tulane. When you got, I, mean, I got a degree from Tulane. Yeah, it's a big deal. You know what I mean? But I, I, I find that funny. I'm like, dang, you know, I never really hear that from kids. Anymore, yeah. You hear about just going to college, going to school, and you know they go to here because you know that's popping right now. But you're expressing something completely different. <laughs> yeah, 
you know. Yeah. That's but, that's that's very telling about the type of person Quan is that he understands the bigger picture. Yeah. You know what I mean? And just not going to college and saying, I'm a football player and that's it. He understands the the grand scheme of things or, or how going to a school like Tulane could benefit him 20, 30, 40 years down the road. Like you know, like you said, you know, that's, that's a, it was a 40 year decision. 40 year decision. That's all. And that's the main thing. Like when I got recruited, that's what when Coach Frist laid everything out, man. He that's the main thing he talked about. He he talked about football and everything, but he really stresses about being a student first, then an athlete. And that's the biggest that's the one thing that I like about Coach Fritz and everything. It's not just football, you know what I'm saying? Just he really on our on our butts about getting the class, go to tutoring if you need help and they got people that will help you, like tutors if you need it. Even if you don't need it, we're gonna set you up to meet with somebody to to make sure you're on the right plan. So you can do the things on the field and off the field. I got you. When kids are getting recruited and a head coach like Willie Fritz at a school like Tulane is coming talk about education and academics and how Tulane can benefit you down the road and talking about football second, a lot of kids don't want to hit it. A lot of kids don't. They no, want They want to talk about the football aspect. They don't want to talk about right. how, how this school could benefit you in the academic part. And it's it's just so funny how your mind is different than the average kid. Because you thought about, of course you want to go there and play football. Who, right. who doesn't want to go to the right. NFL? But you really thought about life after football. Right. A lot of kids don't understand, like, it's just not about football. You know what I'm saying? NFL stands for not for long. And then, and then only 3% from high school get to go to college and only 2, 2% get to go to the NFL. And you got to think about it. It's a, a thousands of people want to do the same thing you want to do and go to the NFL. And everybody don't get that opportunity. So you got to take advantage of the opportunity that you got. Even though you got some cats that's good, some cats get overlooked. And, that, and you might be that cat that got overlooked, you know, but you always have a backup plan in your back pocket that you know that you could fall back on and everything. And that's the one thing Coach Fritz stress, I mean, he stresses about, like, to us, that Johnny can be five-star out of high school, balling, but you don't get drafted. Right. You know what I'm saying? You might not get picked up, but what you going to do when you at, at the football? You know what I'm saying? That's the biggest thing. What you going to do? Go back home on the streets, whatever you were doing, you know what I'm saying? Go work at Burger King, McDonald's, you know? Right. So right. You, you can take advantage of the opportunity while you was here to get a degree, uh, learn a skill, you know, learn something. So when this is football, because football eventually ends for everybody. Right. You know, it's, it, I don't, eventually, hopefully it's one day it ends for Tom Brady. But <laughs> <laughs> it's like it hasn't, but it, it's, it's, it ends for everybody, but no one, doesn't believe that their time is in their youth. No one believes that their time is when they're 20 or 21. No one really believes that, oh, man, football is up. Like, I ain't really putting this helmet on no more. So it's just a little different, you know what I mean? So everyone, you know, when you go to college, you know, being a student, athlete, you know, because you got to understand once football is up, the days of being an athlete, probably not up, but doing it from that level is up. What did you do as a student? to propel you to take on the world and become a professional in something else. And a lot of kids ain't thinking about that kind of stuff. They're just thinking about football is going to always be my driving force to be a pro. And it doesn't, like, based upon those percentages, that's not high percentages. <laughs> You're right. It, it's just not. It, someone to tell me, because I'm a math guy, I went to school for finance. <laughs> and someone told me, hey, listen, man, there's a 3% chance you can get a scholarship to come out of high school, and there's a 2% chance you can get a pro. I'm like, shit, I ain't doing that. 
just to make we got our, we got a third co-host coming here. He just walked in the building, so Coach Hing gonna be joining us in a second. Coach Hing in, in the building. You know what I'm saying? So we, I, like I know we were just talking about the River Parish, mm-hmm. and you came up in the era where I would say, and G G G can correct me if I'm wrong because you know y'all from there. I would say like it's probably like the second coming of the, of the, the second most talented era in that that area. What would you say you would rank coming out of high school based on and, and where you at now collegially to some of your counterparts? <laughs> Staying to to parishes or just- I'm talking about like like. Like as a player, like you know, like we we know. So give you an example. We know probably Puka gets all the limelight. You got Meek. So how far are we going back? Your era, like oh, like 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 my like, era. Yeah, I think it was like I think they had you at like seven overall in the state. Your senior year, going right. into your senior year, right? Because I played quarterback. What they had you? Adley. Adley. Okay. <clears throat> I'm saying one. I don't care. <laughs> one. I'm saying one. That's me, you know. But that's that's their opinion, you know. But going back, um, I really wasn't a stack guy back then, you know. I'm still still not a stack guy, man. I'm just going to go out there and just get the win. That's the that's the biggest thing come from me, man. I'm not always oh let me see the papers what I got what I did there, you know what I'm saying. We got the win and we got the loss. It's one of them. Man, I, I want to go back. <laughs> I want to go back to your junior year. <laughs> yeah. I, I covered probably at least five to six games that year. Y'all started on one and two that year. Y'all lost the no one and on the one and two. Y'all lost the brother more than Eric. Right. Right. Yep. <clears throat> and then y'all went with y'all won like twelve in a row. Straight. Right. Straight. Oh, uh, that year about from Puka Williams. Since I've been watching high school football, and that's been since 1995 when I was in the fifth grade. Probably was the most magical year I've ever seen from a high school player. Uh, what he had, 1,500 yards mm-hmm. in the playoffs? Alone. Alone. Just alone. Right. Just alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something like that. I think he ended the season with like 3,200 total or something like that. Whatever it was, something crazy. Uh, man, I won't go back to that year, man. And... The Acadiana game, semifinals. Y'all was down 21-7 at the half. Y'all stormed back, and then y'all score. Take me back to the huddle of not kicking the extra point and and going for two. (laughs) Acadiana hadn't lost at home in over a decade, (laughs) right? Yep. Y'all throw the toss to Puka. He reversed the field. Gets in the end zone, spin, gets hit, spins, gets in the air by the stone the field. So I won't go back to it. Just give me your 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 insight to that season and that particular play in the semifinals to get y'all get y'all to the state championship. First, I'll start by the season. Yeah, the first uh, I think we lost the first two games, and then we went after the first two games. We um we won the rest of the the, the ten. Um, played twelve and the man before that we played. 
12 and 0 Covington who beat them. Yeah, undefeated this season. running back. That was running back. Did he go to Utah? No, he went to Georgia Tech. No, he went to Utah. He went to Utah. Transferred to Tulane, then um, then he transferred to Southeastern. But um, just going back to just going back to that season, um, it was a crazy season, man. I just just could remember how the, the crazy thing, the record Puga broke, and the things that we did with other guys and everything, and how we had a lot of top prospects. So Adonis, Adonis Freelo, who played with us um, at mm-hmm. Tulane University. But just going back to that Katyana game, I, I can remember it. Twins right, 28 toss. We called it 28 toss. toss who, 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 who made the decision to go for two? So Nick Salter from Maggio. But <laughs> Nick, Nick Salter from Maggio called the I mean called not called the play, but he said that he wanted to go for two to win the game and everything. And Mike Silver, our OC at that uh-huh. time, uh-huh. he called the twins right twenty eight toss. But the crazy thing about it, nobody don't know this, but I remember going out the huddle and the, the, the clock play clock was going down. It supposed to be two receivers to the right, one to the boundary. We was on the left hash. So the receiver lined up twins left. And when I tell you the wrong Puka, it was on the wrong side. Puka went the wrong way and the receiver went the wrong way. So when what? I turned my head and I saw that he went to the he was going he was going to my to my left, I just tossed the ball to him. I said, Man, he 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 been spectacular this whole year. I might well just give it to him and let him do his thing. So when I just turned my head, I got Caught up in a, I'm trying to make sure that he got the ball, and I just went past the line of scrimmage, trying to get in the end zone because I knew he went the wrong way. I didn't know if he would have had help. He could just toss it to me because I know the guy wasn't going down the field and block, so I know he could be a, a legal pass. You know what I'm saying? So, how did that happen? How 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 the receiver and Puka got mixed up? Like with, I, it was just too adrenaline was going. Adrenaline was just going. Everybody was just going fast, and I noticed it. And I didn't want to call a timeout, but I knew I just believed in our team and everything at that time. And I believed in Puka and, you know, just being with him and just working out with him all the time. And I just had the trust and just, just pitched it to him. He did so much. And from the playoff from that season to when he first stepped in high school, it was just, it was just crazy. But when he scored and I saw he was, that the ball was past the line of Libby right there. So everybody was like, is it good? I'm, I'm trying to say it's good. Everybody, everybody's throwing the field and everything. And, and, and I remember your boy Kurt said, "Man, Puka, the best hand yeah. ever came." I'm like, yeah, "Man, yeah. just going back and watch the video. I always go back and watch the video on YouTube. Is like one of my favorites and everything. Just, it's amazing, man. It's just um." Did y'all talk about the receiver lining the wrong and Puka going the wrong? Did never, y'all talk about never. It? We ne- we never looked back at that. We just <laughs> took it took, took it and ran with you know, it. We took he, it and ran with it. Now that he said that, Puka said that on the he on did? the show. Puka said he went the wrong way. That's crazy. Puka said he went the wrong way, and I just made you know, no. Puka talking. About, I just made a play. I just made a play. That's crazy. Back. Is he, crazy. He admitted to it. I never knew that. Yeah, he that's how you know to. when you just destined. Yep. Yeah, after you know when you be gonna cross this plane at halftime of that game. Did y'all believe y'all gonna actually come back? Oh yeah, it's one thing Puka always did, man. You know, Puka always started with his fancy cleats and everything in the first and second quarter, you know. But when he put them Cam Newtons on, <laughs> Cam Newtons, <laughs> so, I tell you, he always had them Cam Newtons on the sideline. When so he put them Cam Newtons on, it's business. It's business. <laughs> so when he hey, look, we was, we was down. He got it, kick return, he busted. Then a Mike Gray bust one. Then he then he we started feeding him in there. He started the, the then, he started the third quarter with a, a return. 
Why did he even kick the to him? I, I, I don't know. It's like, and then they, he kicked it like, like, like on the middle. Yeah. They when they he were, caught it, I said, man, this boy about to host this. So that was a little thing he always did, change to the Cam News. And he always did his thing when he changed to the Cam News, you know, and just, I think that was just special cliques. So I knew he was coming back. That mentality. Because at halftime, when y'all was warming up, and, uh, you know, y'all was doing the apply metrics and stuff like that, and I, and, I, and I looked at him, I was like, man, y'all good? He was like... Man, I'm good, G. Trust me, I'm good. Man, I just switched my cleats. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> and I was like, all right. Because he did that against Covington. Yeah. He did that against Covington. I was like, bro, this what's up with the cleats? Because I, I, I remember that Everybody Covington. Everybody got to have a special cut, Because Covington had the linebacker. Um, um, He played Texas. Um, Edgerin Cooper. Cooper, yep. Cooper. And I was like, that's going to be a... I remember G kept saying, because he G picked um, y'all. y'all, And I was like, man, I don't know. that that, that boy Because he started coming on. And I was like, "Hey, that might that might be the thing that changes." But speaking of your high school, I just want your your junior year in the special, then going to your senior year when Andrew Roberson was transferred, and it was like you going back to your natural position. I remember you had just committed um, with SMU, SMU, and um, it was like, "Yeah, you about to put up crazy stats and stuff." And then LSSA said no, and then it like. It derailed everything, mm-hmm. which you, which, which y'all had planned for, and all that stuff. And then you had to go back to quarterback, like athlete type thing. Then you got him for like what four ga- three? No, two games, two huh? games, two, two games. games. And the play, and the, y'all the played playoff. walk in the first round, and y'all went crazy. Went y'all went crazy in the first round. That was like a upset, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. that, that, that Brian Thomas and J- that was Jalen Cook um, last year playing. Yeah. And, yeah. And, it was good. Yeah. How much? Does that put like a pain in your heart knowing like, hey, this what could have been? This cause like like y'all ain't have like like y'all didn't have like the like a uh, full chemistry set. Right. Yeah. You know, like like how much that put like like you just sit back like that. Like when you say yeah, when you saying like the team. Team. The team. Um I don't know the story, the like the whole story of what happened with Andrew and everything, but it really kinda hurt it. Heard it to see a brother like that just can't play a senior year. You know, yeah. we, we worked all year until that happened. Until you come down and say you can't play the game, then we went through the whole season. I remember going back, just like me emailing the the superintendent and everything, like just please dig deep. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> just going back, just in my head, just seeing the videos, his mom and dad crying and everything. It was like, how was it? Hearing. How was it possible that he wasn't eligible? To play at at at, at Hornville, you know, and just still to this day, he, he I talked to him about it and everything. He like crying, man, just thinking about it. I would have played though, like the whole season. Like it just it goes back to you saying just like comfortable with everybody. Just being a quarterback, you got to be comfortable back there. You know what I'm saying? You got to believe in your center, the tight ends, the receivers, and everything. Mm-hmm. Do the right thing to line up and everything. Make sure the, the the back pressure that he could have his back to to the to the right tackle, you know what I'm saying, and just know he will make that block. But that would happen, start to get down to to that playoff against Zachary. Yep. Zachary was just sending so many twists. He didn't have enough enough time. Then he had he didn't have the confidence, you know what I'm saying, because he wasn't playing the whole season. And then yep. they played a lot of cover four and bracketed bracket me off. So it kind of mm-hmm. really sealed everything. And he really didn't play with nobody, but the other the other guys that walk a game that he kind of got adjusted to and everything but he always knew I played with him seven on seven so right. I, I always was his guy you know mm-hmm. so right. by that time when they bracket me off he really didn't know what else to do no, he didn't trust nobody he else ball. but I hated I hated that it happened to him like that and everything but you know just like G said earlier man God 
I learned that getting older that God always have a plan. You know, he always does something to to make you realize it's just not about that. You know what I'm saying? He always got something in store for you. It 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 builds character. It 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 puts you in a situation to well, you know, later on in life when you go through some more adversity or some type of trial and tribulations, you went through some stuff says so like now you know how to handle it when you're right. older know how to deal with it. And then, it, it, not only that, man, when you go through stuff like that, you know, you can give advice to, to the younger people. Like, you know, when you go into these schools, talking to them younger kids, like, look, man, I went through this. Like, Quan, you didn't been through injuries. You didn't been through uh, being overlooked. You didn't been through <laughs> going 2-10. and 10. <laughs> And then bouncing back going 11-2 and two and win the conference. Like, you've been through a lot of different stages in your life where that's going to help you Help another person, another kid, you know, whoever it may be, and that's that's what life all about, man. Going through experiences, going through failures. Like I said, man, speak about injuries, though, man. You experienced some injuries in your career, yeah. Like, talk about your recovery, like what rehab is like. Like when you're asking you injured, talk about you know some of the experience that you have to endure to try to get yourself back, not just on the field, but to get yourself back to health. Okay, um, just going back to 20, 2019, I played freshman year. Sophomore year was my breakout season. So that year, I, nobody probably don't know. That whole year, I played with a torn labrum. So mm-hmm. I played with a torn labrum. I tore it during fall camp. So I just was sully and everything. And it was it was hurtful, you know. I fell on the ground every time it popped up. We would pop it back in. And then just leading to the last bowl game, I got hit again. My arm hyperextended. It popped out. So I tore the front of the, the labrum <laughs> on the same arm. So I... I Took the jersey off, they selling me back up and everything. Then I put the jersey back on. It was it was terrible and everything. First time getting like a real injury real and injury. everything, like from my shoulder. And that that really made me realize that a shoulder plays a lot of plays a big part on your body, you know what I'm saying? That you really need your shoulder to do a lot, how you move and everything. I couldn't sleep and everything. And but after I had that surgery, it just at that time, like when you have a surgery on that on that level of college and everything, I really was depressed. Like for them five months, I was depressed, depressed. Like really, didn't know what I was gonna do. Right. I got so small, like I looked like a scarecrow. I ain't even gonna lie to you, but <laughs> just sitting there, I couldn't even eat. Like after I was on, like like after I had the meds and everything that the doctor and them prescribed for me and everything, just like I didn't want to eat. I ain't had a good appetite as I used to have and everything, but. I would say it's kind of hard, you know what I'm saying? Then you got to move back up the depth chart. And when you get hurt, you go down the depth yep. chart. And, and it's not hard to move back up. Then fast forward to the next year, I had just leading up after just saying the rehab and everything. When I hurt my shoulder, I really didn't. I did lower body workout. But after I got cleared, I just just wanted to, wanted to ball out and just get back and get my spot back. You know what I'm saying? I just right. wanted to go 100% back. And that's why I messed up at just instead of taking it slow. Because the whole spring and everything, I wasn't running and everything. And my lower body wasn't used to that. I just was running every day, every day, every day, full speed. And that would make my lower body weak, weak. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. that's what happened when I, I, I went back. I'm like going back right now, just remembering that if I would have took care of what I had to take care of, like rehab and everything, just not the top of my body because I hurt that. Just me, if I would have did what I had to do, I would never uh, sprain my MCL last right. year and had to wear the brace and everything. But just like... I was telling G and everything, like, man, rehab is important, man. That's the biggest thing. Like, you got to do it, not just when you hurt. A lot of people do rehab is, like, when it hurts. Just say, God forbid, I do it, like, sprain my ankle. Oh, I got to do rehab and everything. Right. What I learned from from last year to bring it into this year, what I did was me and, and Taji Spears, my roommate, the running back, we took up our ownership to do – 
to work out this day, rehab this day, work out this day, rehab and everything. Regardless you know if you heard or not. Regardless, or not. regardless if you heard or not. So we worked on wow. hips, ankles, calves, IT bands and everything. Just did band work and everything. And just to make sure we always, you can't really based off if you're going to get hurt or not, but you kind of can prevent the little small injuries like the, the tightness and all yep. that and everything to, to make sure you healthy the whole year. And that's what right. was a blessing that I did that and I learned and I go back and say that Darnell Mooney really kind of helped me too. The receiver mm-hmm. at Tulane, who's at the, with, the, with the Chicago Bell now, he stressed to me that the rehab was important and everything. We sat down when he came to Tulane one day, it was about three hours, we sat and just talked about rehab and everything. Like, And then it really made me realize that it, it's important, like just yeah. him to be that guy on the big stage in the NFL that it takes rehab. You got to be in the training room three to four times and all of that. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Some guy get on that one time, things enough. It ain't enough. You could do it at home. Like, things. But he explained to me, is like, YouTube really could tell you everything about it. YouTube, TikTok, and all that. If you go on TikTok right now, you're going to say hip mobility. You'll have a million type of different uh, hip mobility mm-hmm. that you could use, and you'll be amazed. <laughs> and you ain't got to pay nobody. You got to pay nobody. <laughs> it's free. You know what I'm saying? And you, you learn to see that stuff. You can do it on your own, and you see that it helps. Thank God I went through the whole season without no injury. You see it paid off. I just got to keep doing the same thing, same thing, same thing, same thing. And a lot of kids just don't just don't understand that it's about hydration. What you eat, how you eat. If you don't eat right, it's going to affect you. How you play, how much you eat. Sleeping. Want, sleeping, too. That's big. Sleeping. It's huge. And I don't play games. You know, I I, I go I don't I, I don't even go, I go out, but you know, I don't go out like that. I'll be inside watching film and everything. I go to sleep at nine o'clock, really. Mm-hmm. Try to at nine o'clock. Yeah, if I got some early yeah. tomorrow, I go to sleep at nine o'clock. But if not, I go by eleven, be the latest and everything. Right. Because you gotta know you, you can't really you make it up for the time that you lost. Like during fall camp. Fall camp, you on the clock, you rolling early in the morning, ten o'clock at night, and then there's a switch around. You do that for a whole month. So you really gotta catch up on a, on a month and a day that you are from there. Yeah, so yep. it's really kind of <laughs> hard, and people don't understand that. Oh well, I can see right now, and I'm good. No, you're not good. Yeah. The time time passing, <laughs> but your body ain't really. It's gonna catch up with you. It's gonna catch up with you later. And just right. as of right now, you know, just the the way we practicing and everything right now, it, it's still like I, I be tired sometimes. But you know, that's the time and sport that I wanted to do and everything and, and it hit me now and I really understand but eventually I'm gonna still be tired till I retire. Right. <laughs> well, Jaquan, I think I think you hit something that a lot of young athletes don't realize. Re- recovery and rehab is a two is two two sided coin. You had the physical side of it, but the mental side, like you said, like hey I wasn't, you know, I was a rehab. As soon as they got, I got clear, I just tried to push it and not sit back and think mentally like, hey, if if this is if this is getting if this is what I can't use, I can still be doing something right here. So when I get your body gonna always overcompensate for something. Right. For real. And when no matter what, if you were to, you know, if you were just if the the injuries was reversed and it was your MCL that was that was that was hurt that you that you had to just sit there and wait. Soon as you got clear from the MCL, you to haul out there again. Right. But then something on your upper body—that's usually when your 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 your, the, your abdomen or like the the, the labrum is it's, it's crazy how how the, those those two things go hand and foot. Um, and that mental process of like, hey, it's gonna be all right. I'm gonna get my spot back. But coming off the breakout season. Not even wanting to try to capture it back out, but spreading it back out there, you kind of set yourself back and 
now the men- you mentally grew from that that situation and it won't happen to you again. Right. You know, that's I think that's one of the biggest it's a curve that I had to overcome in college. You know, hey, come off a, a season where we rotated, got five sacks, like, okay, okay, we could do so I could do some of this. Told my shoulder up and like, all right, I'm all all spring. Half of the half of the fall camp, get out there, hey, let's go, let's go. Boom, ankle. Yeah. In the boot. Oh man, you know, then rush that and never get back a hundred percent. And now you just sit there like, man, what could have been if I just would have hit the brakes, listen to my body, and do it the right way. Right. And that's a lot of it go back to high school, you know. A lot of kids, um, don't really understand like the process of, of, of next level of football and just right. football in general, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like just think about when we going back when we everybody like us sitting here just we played Pee Wee ball. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody never told us about getting like tearing our ACL, yeah. uh, uh shoulder injury and all that. We had one game that day. I remember I was coming up, I played park ball and I played travel. I had a championship game for Luton playing versus Desalmas and then I had a that night I had the All Star Football game. I wouldn't think about go getting in the high, I mean, hot tub, cold tub. I wouldn't think about doing a rehab. But as you get older, like the high school guy, don't understand that it takes. As you get older, the workload get harder. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm trying to say. But they don't understand that. They just want to go out there. Think they they build for the next level. But it takes a lot of time and 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 maintenance to your body to make sure that you're healthy and everything. And then I wish, I wish high school stressed to the kids more about rehab. Like explain to them like the big thing about. It. Recovery. We're just not telling you recovery just, just for your own health. You know what I'm saying? We right. want you to be the best that you can be. You know what I'm saying? I got a lot of guys who sprain the anger and still won't go out there and play. They think ice just gonna help. Yeah. Ice just a soft tissue. You know what I'm saying? That's just feel good stuff. That's what a lot like on college level they explain to you the the simple things. What's an injury? What's not an injury? If you could play on it, if you, if you can't play on it, and that's one thing I like about college and everything. But I wish like around the world it just explained more to high school kids and everything about how important it is just to do it. On, take up on your own ownership to do it yourself instead of waiting on somebody else to tell you. You know what I'm saying? I think you. Uh, I think I know what your calling is after football is done. <laughs> <laughs> what you mean? I think, man, you. I think you need to be somebody strength coach or somebody sports physical medicine. therapist. Yeah, yeah. sports med. Like you need to be doing something in that realm, bro. Because like. The way you broke that down, and I can tell you passionate about it, yeah. and I can tell you that been through some things, you're going to be able to help a lot, a lot of, of kids if you was in a, a school, whether it's high school, college, whatever, because of your knowledge of it and you went through it. You know what I mean? Um, And it just take me back to, I don't know if you remember last year when you was dealing with the MCL, I remember talking to you on the phone. I was like, man, you know, like you're not running right. I didn't even know you had the MCL. You were like, yeah, man, I sprained my... I messed my MCL. I'm like, I can tell, like, you don't look the same like you did your freshman year. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, um, like, when Jalen Cook was on the show a couple weeks ago, he been dealing with the hamstring. Mm-hmm. And me and him was talking, like, before the show and after the show, I was like, bro, you got to start stretching. You got to start, like, making sure you do <laughs> the proper things to make sure your body is fresh. And and, and he admitted to me, Jalen, like, I ain't going to lie, I don't really stretch. He said, I don't really stretch. I don't really do the the, the necessary thing as far as rehabbing my, my body. And when I'm coming off a, a, a stretch where we didn't play three games in five days, mm-hmm. you know, uh, taking care of my legs and whatever you need to do to make sure you, you fresh for practice in the next week, 
But I think he's starting to understand now with that because he's been dealing with that hamstring for some months now that he has to do that. But you know what I mean? A lot of that could go you into need to talk to Jalen Cook, man. Yeah. The same thing you just said. You need to go. It's he's crazy. Like, I, cook, I, I, talk, I talked to him yesterday, but I ain't talked to him about that. And you need to talk to him know? about but, that. But um, just going back to just what you just said and everything, man, just what really helped us win this conference championship, man, is blood, sweat, and tears, the hard work, the brotherhood, and everything. And, and it goes back to, man, the, the mornings and nights that we did. But Tajay Spears, my roommate, it would be every night. It don't matter what time it is, what time we got home, man. We'll do yoga. We'll stretch every night. And who brought a uh, strength coach, Kurt Hester, uh, brought it to our attention. You got to do yoga, man. You got to do your flexibility and stretching. And, and that that really I won't get into o- yoga. Opened, opened me up. You know what I'm saying? We, we just went on YouTube and did like a 40-minute, uh, whatever she told us to do, we did and everything. But it's big, man. I'm telling so I can you, do I'm, yoga in my living room. You can do yeah. that. You get your own yeah. mat. So what's the difference between hot yoga and... Hot yoga is, is, when, yoga is when you sweat a lot. You know what I'm saying? You If you go to hot yoga, you have to drink gallons of water. And you'll be... Probably be dehydrated. I never did it before, but I heard of it and everything. So but what's the difference? That's if you're trying to lose a lot of weight. Yeah, try to lose a lot yeah, of weight and then just getting everything out your pores, like yeah, the bad yeah. stuff out your pores and everything. Regular yoga it's, is just it's a it's a purity. Yeah, it's like 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 a purity cleanse. More, so yeah. the yoga, the regular yoga, that it makes you more flexible. And flexible yes. and open up your hips and everything. Yep. And other other things, you work on shoulders and back, um, whatever your ankles and everything. But it's I've been crazy, a, I've been crazy, a little man. tight back here, <laughs> back here and up in here. You know, I'll be, I be trying to hoop with my little middle school team, oh, man. Oh, I thought you were about to say you'd be working out because I know you ain't working out. Oh! <laughs> you know, I ain't working out. Bang, 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 bang. I ain't been in the gym like for like really working out. It's probably been like, since basketball started, it's probably been about a month and a half, two months. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But what I'm saying is I want to start trying yoga, man. I want to start trying yoga because I be feeling a little... Like I be hooping my little middle school team at practice and stuff like that. After I be feeling like tight, you tight. You, I be feeling real muscles tight. Muscles all tight. Yeah, you haven't done it. Yeah, in, yeah. In even during. It's even a, during. It's a it's a great um, low resistance workout. Great low low resistance workout. Get your body back right. It's it's, it's life changing. Yeah. yeah, and we got into so much, man. Talked my dog Quine, man. Let everybody know where they can find your merch. At. Man, y'all can go. On, uh, it's called. The website is qfolkclothing.com, man. You can hit me up on uh, Instagram at quine 4 ns dot four and yeah, tap in. You know, I might put it, <laughs> I, I might put it, I might put a discount. You know, I might just do a little discount for Christmas. You know, yeah, holiday, holiday, holiday you got season. Big man sizes. Don't got, don't, got, don't don't be like G. I, I got all sizes. No, I be trying. I got, I got, I got big all man sizes. sizes now. I got now, big man sizes and now. how long yeah. I been asking for it, man? I be trying. I be trying to support y'all, man. But y'all be coming out here man, with, the, with the medium stuff, man. I, yeah, I got all. I sizes. got too much fluff for that. It might cost you a little more if you go on the website, <laughs> but hey, we got the big man sizes now, man. Rocking the Q4 brand, man. Oh yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Showing love to my dog, man. Good luck to y'all on January second against USC. Yep. Listen. In Jerry's world, I know y'all Jerry gonna world. do your thing. I know you gonna do your thing, man. And uh, good luck to you going forward, bro. Appreciate it, man. Thank y'all for having me on the, on the show, man. Anytime. Hey, y'all already know what it is, man. Juan yeah. Jackson, man. Looking Row for- wave. Yes, yes, sir. <laughs> uh, wave. I'm rooting for the green wave. You know, against you know USC and this Cabo. Y'all gonna be playing against Caleb Williams, who I think is gonna be your Heisman Trophy winner. That's gonna be must see TV. It's gonna be a box office game. And then trust me, if y'all can pull this game here off, and y'all can win this game. Oh man, they pull that game off. It's 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 it's. They might have to have a parade. Oh, oh parade! Oh, 
<laughs> it's already coming. I already said that all day. You know I, mean? I ain't even tell y'all that, but look, we got we gonna be in uptime parade this shit, man. Then we got three flows, man. We're in the process of doing that, and we got my boy, my uncle brother, hot boy Ron, gonna be hot boy Ron, the first flow performing and everything. Make sure y'all come out and support us, man. We love y'all, man. Road wave. And we out. Yeah, it is. Thank y'all for tuning in to FanView Podcast, man. Listen, I'm that boy Fred. G Sports. Coach Hurricane Head. Y'all already know what it is, man. Get tuned in. Get locked in. Get subscribed. Like, watch, share. Do anything and everything y'all can to get tuned into this podcast, man. We ain't going nowhere. Can't stop, won't stop. Y'all already know what it is. FanView Podcast. more exclusive content, subscribe to all our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. You can also find FanView Live on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher.